You're listening to Her Body on Body IOFM, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance, with your host, Alex Navarro. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IO FM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro, and we have Tony in studio with us today. Hello, everybody. And we have a very interesting guest on our show today, Peter Sawin. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to talk to you. Uh, I'm very intrigued about what you do. We uh, were actually introduced to you by our very own Paola Schroeder, who has been on yes. our show before. And mm-hmm. any, f- for any of you who have reached out to Body.io at any point in time, you've probably been in touch with Paola. Yes. She, she's our, sort of our uh, uh, customer service go-to gal. And Paola had a very good, unique experience with Peter, and that's how we got to get him on the show. So, Peter, will you tell us just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then we're going to get into the the fun stuff. Okay. Um, Well, I'm a massage therapist, and I have a background in sports rehab. So um, being a male and having competition with male and female massage therapists, I always pushed myself a little bit further with getting faster results, getting better results than more people had. So really kind of saying, what's your injury? How can we fix this? Are you feeling better afterwards? And um, just having that knowledge with the clinical thinking that I already had, um, just applying that to people's injuries for repetitive strain or for scar tissue or for um, injuries that needed some help for like blood flow and just helping people get back onto the field or back into the sport that they wanted to. Um, That's where this all started because um, with the fascia, then I was introduced to ideas of fascia and people, I mean, now you can't pretty much go anywhere in any sport without people talking about fascia. And this was happening about four years ago and I started working with bodybuilders and um, they had just basically requested all these different things. And I was fixing their backs because of course, you know, they were not using their core strong enough and so a lot of lower back injuries and that's where I had met a lot of bodybuilders because of that, because my background in sports rehab and fixing little people's backs with, you know, erector spiny and um, just understanding how they were getting injured and then being able to help them faster and then helping them progressively get stronger in their course so they didn't have these reoccurring injuries as well. Um, So that's where I started off doing that. And then um, it just kind of turned into what it is today. And that's what I did. I was basically... Um, even for like Paula, you know, when I first met her, I was like, what exactly are your goals? What do you guys want out of this? And that was my idea. That's why I have, I've tried, uh, have treated every patient. Um, they tell me what they want and I go to the books and figure out how to do it. And that's how I kind of started creating this whole thing. And it's kind of created itself. And I actually thought there were other people in the world that were doing this. <laughs> and <'cause- laughs> Not so much. No, and um, so I, as I started traveling, because as the news started getting out there more, um, other 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 cities in Canada wanted me to go, and I said, okay, well, you know, get ten friends together, and I'll come up there and start doing this. And now I'm up to six cities. That's great. So, um, and it's just been traveling. And the thing is, is that I've been 
um, for the last three years, probably just been working with different people, um, athletes and gyms. Gyms are like, you know, these little epicenters of networks that you can create. And, and once you've worked on one person that's very well known in the network, and especially when things work, that's the thing. You know, oh, this sorry. thing works because there's so many different benefits to the fascia treatment that I do. So when people are going in and feeling amazing about going into the gym afterwards, it's not just only their pain's gone, but they're also able to get more pumps, um, get more muscle balance. They're able to get – a lot of people tell me that their personal records go right out the window after I've worked on them. That's great. Um, well, I think it's very, it's very unique that, A, you ask someone before before you work on them what their goals are because I've, ha I've had a lot of massages in my day, and I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Sure. They always ask, you know, where is your problem area? What do you want me to focus on? Do you want me to do it light or hard? <laughs> like that's pretty well, much you know, the questions so, that they ask. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually kind of funny because people ask questions, but they don't answer them it's like a person who has all the information they always want to give the advice but they actually don't want to listen right. and that's where I got my cue from because that's how I had my clients come back to me because I listened it wasn't like I was reinventing the wheel here I was just listening to what their needs were well and it sounds like you took it upon yourself then to do the research to figure out on your own how you could then help them like you said you hit the books which yeah, I think a lot of people in any field, if that's you know sort of your forte, you don't venture outside of that very much because it's extra work. Well, you know, and a lot of people had said, you know, they asked me, where did you teach? Where did you learn this? Did someone teach you this? And I said, no. The, I mean, everybody has this knowledge. It, it's in books. I've just referenced it and did apply it. You know, applied it to different people in different situations. Um, fascia is a 3D network of you know structure in a muscle, and also with connective tissue to bone and skin and all these other layers. And then I started just playing with that to see how it actually would work and apply to different people with in your common repetitive strain. I mean, pretty much everybody that come and see me um, was the same 18 problems that everybody has, either shoulder, you know pain that they can't externally rotate, internal rotation, or, you know, they're going to the gym, they want to lift something above their head, they can't lift because they have no strength because of the issues over here. So understanding that and actually working on those 18 problems transferred into helping other people um, when they were coming into the clinic with their, their own problems coming from the gym and just being able to zero in on those issues and be able to get faster results so they can get back into the gym the next day. There's actually, with my treatments, um, because fascia, I've learned how fascia works, there is no downtime. A lot of people think that there's this inflammation and you need to have the water. Yes, water is definitely really good. So is BCAs after my treatment because what I do in the table is the same thing that they're doing in the gym with the micro tearing and mm -hmm. the building of muscles. And so a lot of times for me, I'm these people are so excited to get back in the gym. And they go back in the gym and they have pain-free range of motion. Um, their inflammation isn't what it was before, um, and people are actually, you know, they're so stoked because they can't wait to get back in the gym. Because when people have injury and they're an athlete, you've basically taken away their car. They can't get hmm. to back and forth to work, right? So these people don't have downtime, especially the professional athletes that I work with. These people are reliant on money. You know, these people are getting big paychecks. They need to get back on that field. And so for me, that was my push in that direction. And I'm like, why can't we get this person back on that field faster? And again, going back to the books, what exactly is your issue? And then understanding that, you know, applied theory in books, actually making it 
happened, thinking, you know, it didn't work this way, this one, so let's do it another. And now over the last three years, it's really created its own and it's gone into many directions I never even thought was supposed to be possible. So, Well, that's, I mean, I think that's part of the, the fun part of doing what you do and working with a variety of clients. Like you said, there are some athletes, maybe there are some uh, physique competitors where the goals are very different and, and your approach that yeah. you take is different. And the more people that you work on, the more experience you have, the more you see what works and what doesn't. Um, yes. So I'd love to touch on sort of the performance side of things and, and you kind of brought it up already, but what is your approach to that? Like someone comes in and like, okay, my shoulder hurts. Do you work primarily on the area that like the problem area? Do you do a total body? Well, you know how, what? what does that look um, like? The first things first, I mean, when one shoulder doesn't work, um, when you're not understanding the manual, what do you do? You go to the other side that does work. And then you figure that out and say, okay, this is what this feels over here. And then also because I work with my hands. I don't work with any tools at all. So my hands are very intuitive and they also feel things. And I can feel the structure and think, okay, this isn't right because I've been working on how many people's shoulders. You know what it's supposed to feel like. (laughs) Exactly. It's the same thing as Braille. You know, those little tiny dots when people are seeing that and they were reading it and they're like, okay, that's out of place. They can miss, you know, there's a misspelled word here. Mm-hmm. They can feel it. So something was wrong because you're not, you, it's just something that, and again, sometimes I do close my eyes when I work, but my fingers are the ones that actually identify where the problem area is. And then you go on to the other side. So again, a basic rule of massage therapy is work on unaffected side first and then work on affected side. Mm-hmm. So again, and not really in reinventing the wheel, but that ability to be able to understand the structures that are in place and also understanding how the bones and the muscles integrate with each other and and the fascia and to be able to help people get better faster. Again, a lot of the things we, we talked about in school that we were learning, you know, when I was that's 13 years ago, it was always about inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. And, and but I wasn't really creating inflammation because you're just doing it in an, in a different way, like frictions. And I'm sure you've got heard of frictions before where someone gets in there and uh, resets muscle. And that's another thing that I started working with too, not just with pain um, issues to get, you know, blood flow into areas and get the old blood out and get the new blood in. But it's actually about um, getting in there and being able to like help people just with whatever their pain is due to whatever the issue is. And usually they tell you exactly. And so you don't need to know. And the, the medical books are really good for understanding what I need to learn, but your patient will tell you everything when they are in the room. So that says, okay, I can't do this. So I think it's just being able to connect with your patient and to be able to understand, okay, that's it. And I also test. So if someone cannot externally rotate, I am getting them to externally rotate throughout the treatment and seeing where our range is going. And every time I can do increased range of motion on a person who can't do it within five minutes. It's very easy because, again, you zoom in right on the issues. You go into it, you're like, okay, that's different. That's not right, you know. And then you basically are able to get that. And then you also take out afterwards and you increase the blood flow around the area so that you're um, being able to wash out the old blood, getting some new oxygenated blood into that area, and then you're resting it, right? So that you're not sitting there causing more inflammation. So again, it's that intuitiveness to be able to know when, how much to push, how much pressure. And again, trial and error a lot of times, a lot of people had come to me and said, well, you know, I got the range, but the pain's still there, Right. you know? Or I had this. So then you're like, okay, let's go back and see what else we can do to get that. You know, how are you doing with your stretching? You know, again, the things that people have been telling people before 
about stretching and increase, you know, making sure you're having baths, Epsom salts. Like these are things that we know mechanically in the body they do help. You know, magnesium does help draw lactic acid out of the body. These are things that we do know. So applying those to your patient for home care is really important as well. With which again, I don't feel like a lot of therapists recommend. I, you know, I get a lot of like, oh, drink a lot of water, take a rest, but there isn't a lot of homework. Takes I, a lot of the spotlight oh. off of them. That's true. Oh, you know, every single patient has access to me 100%. If you're a patient of mine, please call me. I always offer that to all my patients because I said, if you have a question, I'd rather you ask me so that I have an understanding how you're better, how you're actually getting better, if you're actually getting better. If not, we need to see you again. And that's how I work. Peter, just a couple points of praise here for you. I, I, I think with your clients, you know, at the beginning, the first thing you kind of ask them is, or is what are your goals here? I think a lot of people go into a situation like this just trying to feel better, but not really connected to an idea of how to feel better. So I think, you, you know, your initial questioning there already gets both of you on the same page where there wasn't really a page before. Uh, I, I think that's fantastic. And just another... I, go on. Right. No, go, go on. <laughs> just a, another point of praise for you is um, the the hands, the fingers in particular, you know, I'm sure you know. But for our listeners, neurologically, they have some of the most um, populated uh, nerve endings in the entire body. So just trying to trust your hands and trust that process and and really go along with what you're feeling I think is just a really novel concept well you know again I always tell people I didn't reinvent the wheel I just became really good at what I'm doing now I think that's through understanding if you bump your elbow what do you do you rub it you hold it it. yeah yeah (laughs) so worst bump ever created that you know, mm-hmm. you know, those are things that I understood. And I'm like, you know, and so when I rubbed my elbow, when I wasn't a massage therapist, I used to rub it and then just, you know, like, just keep on rubbing it. And I would sit there and be like, until the pain went away. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I could, I always kind of had this like weirdness about my fingers. Cause I would be like, I never experienced pain. I been, I work when I'm on tour, I try to see as many patients as possible. So I'm usually 12 hour days and I see about 10 people and I never have pain. And I don't know if it's because I just know, you know, how to for body mechanics or whatever the situation is. So I always just be able to to like if I have a situation that I need to deal with, I just start working on myself. Yeah, I was was, was just thinking, like, don't your hands get tired? And then do you use the other hand to work on like how do your hands rest? (laughs) Self-servicing. Yeah, body mechanics is super important to that. So every time I put any pressure down on it, if it requires an an actual like idea for like a trigger point, my hands need to be applied. So I'm always reinforcing my fingers. I'm Mm -hmm. always putting the other hand over top of it to put the extra pressure in there if I need to release that. So it's never ever like one hand's doing all the work. And, and if I need to apply for like erector spiny, the bigger muscles down the spine, or if it's a bigger bodybuilder for like glutes or piriformis to like, re- you know, get rid of the tightness in the piriformis to help loosen up the sciatic nerve. Again, you're going to be applying your elbow in those areas as well. So utilizing the right tools for that is important. But if I do not touch the body with my own body, it really just um, like it basically disconnects me from understanding where their issues are. And so that's why I try not to use tools. Um, tools are something that I think 
if you're doing that, there's certain areas that people can do that and that they're doing it very well. But for me, the technique that I use, because again, if you look at a muscle, on a, on a, it's a 3D structure. And a lot of tools can't get into those 3D structures to create the effects that I have. Hmm. And you need to have your hands. And again, angles and ability to move around the body and switch your patient around too. A lot of people just see a patient flip over. That's it. No, no. I'm on their sides. There's pillows between their legs. <laughs> I mean, we're getting at different angles all the time. Again, number one issue is client comfort. Yeah. You know, so making sure that they're propped up, that they're comfortable, because this is a painful situation. But the thing is also throughout my treatment, I get them off the table so they can start seeing their results. Because I know that pain with motivation is a lot easier to take than pain with not sure what you're doing. Okay. So when people are first coming to see me, I say, okay, get off the table, go see yourself in the mirror. Look what I'm doing with your leg. And once they see that, and they see the outside sweep coming in, they see the cuts coming in between the muscles, and they're able to do the skin tightening so that it really shows kind of the contours of all the muscles. And they see that, then they can take that pain because now they have identified it, they, like, they understand this is what he's doing. Because when you're, and I'm working on a leg, you can't see what I'm doing. You're just like trying to keep focus so that you're not going to pass out. <laughs> but <laughs> when you're seeing it, the actual results, then you can get on the same team with me. And you can actually identify what I'm doing, what the purpose is, what the process is. And it's easier for you to say, you know what, let's take a break off this leg. Let's go do the other one. Right. And again, I'm checking in with my patient, making sure that people are, you know, again, number one, client care, right? Make sure that they're happy. Make sure that they're comfortable. And if they have questions, you know, I say, you know, we could do it this way or we could do it this other way. Sometimes the other way is less painful, but it's a little bit longer. Right. Well, and depending on what their experience is, mo most athletes, I would say, can have a higher pain tolerance than the sure. average person. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, sometimes slow slow and steady is a better approach. But I like also what you said about having someone look at themselves in the mirror because it's one thing to feel what's happening, but for yes. a lot of people seeing is believing it, it really is <laughs> you know what and for what i've been doing and traveling to the six cities like i can literally go on facebook and tell people in a city and just highlight one person who's an athlete and it's just it grows from there mm -hmm. because it's it's not just like it's not the before and after pictures before and after pictures are to like in you know, to show other people in the world. And they, they always do the wow thing. Some people say it's photoshopped. Some people say whatever. But it's that person in that gym that had a treatment from me that's going to tell 12 other people. Right. So and let's, that's the thing. I think that's a good a good segue to, okay, we just talked about athletes and, and pain and managing some of that and fixing some issues. Now let's move on to what you the work that you do with bodybuilders or uh, physique athletes and the aesthetic results that you're yes. getting these clients because I have never seen anything like this. I want you to come do it to me <laughs> just so I can experience it. Um, but I mean, especially coming from I, I come from, I don't know if Paula mentioned it all, but I used to compete in physique competitions for a very yes. long time. And, you know, if anybody's ever been in the sport or watched the sport, I mean, half of it is is you know getting rid of the water, tightening Correct, up towards yeah. the end of the show, you know, towards as the show gets closer, you know, having the skin be as taut as possible. It's a process, and it can be very manipulated by diet and water, but mm -hmm. it's a lot of work. And if someone yeah. could just come in and get a treatment done, I mean, gosh, that would just make that last week before the show so much easier. Yeah, and and not just that, but even throughout the process. 
it's it can be very misleading to well, look for, at yourself in the mirror and see how you're changing if you're always holding water. You don't have a good gauge of like, well, what am I going to look like? Yeah, your results, really, what you're working for. Right, exactly. Um, and especially exactly. for women. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit, the difference between men and women. But just give us a little overview of what that is. How does that work exactly? Can I do that to myself? Because I I really want to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I I know a lot of my patients see me do this and they're like, I could do this as well. You know, and they they try to do that. And then the thing about fascia is that the one thing is that it's easy to manipulate it. It's just really hard to lay it back down so it attaches again. Okay. And that's where I had to spend more time on it because a lot of times when I was doing the skin tightening, especially around the abs and stuff like that, I had to figure out how this thing is going to lay back down because I started making people more like loose skin. Mm. And because you've lost a lot of mass, that was the first thing that was happening. But people were feeling different. They felt it was tighter. So I was like, okay, because if they didn't give me that result or that feedback, I probably wouldn't have exper- you know, gone further into it because I was like, I don't know. I ruined this person's body before they go <laughs> on stage. They're going to hate, you know? But then I was like, no, come back. Let's start going all the way around the body. Let's go into different areas. Let's go and do this. Let's create some type of, you know, to me, it's like, you know, when you have, let's say that you have tile down and you want something and it's really slippery you got to sand it before you can get some friction, you know, mm-hmm. and that's create basically what I did with the fascia and to understanding where muscle and, and the attachment. So with the skin rolling, basically, again, it came through because a client was like, you know, so my he said, my coach really wants to put me on a diuretic, but I did it last year and I'm just so scared to do a diuretic because I'm going to come in really like and just all my it's going to come in uh, soft or whatever they called it. Flat. And he's. You know, they don't want to come in flat. They want to still the bulbous muscle. They want to see all that stuff. So I was like, okay, well, let me just see what I can do with it. And I literally started skin rolling them. And we just continued to do it. It got better and better and better. And then they were like literally dry, but they still had their abs popping forward. Hmm. And then I created the secondary muscle effect where, hey, so, I mean, it's nothing, again, I didn't invent this, but I just got really good at it. So a lot of times when I was looking at people in different YouTube videos of guys training in the gym, they were doing the leg ups um, for the lower abs, but they're also getting a guy to throw a medicine ball at them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, and I said, another thing that I also wanted to do is teach people how to use their core because a lot of people think my core is amazing because I have an eight pack, but they don't use it. So then I was like, well, I got to use this. So I started pushing in on their abs and utilizing those different layers in order to create that muscle to pop forward. Mm. And also it's a sympathetic response system instead of a parasympathetic, you know? So the sympathetic response system is flight or fight. Your body is now, you know, saving itself from protecting its internal organs. It's the same thing that that medicine ball being thrown at that guy was. And so I'm using a different type of response in the body to be able to create that. And it worked really well. So now people's abs are popping forward, and then I'm skin tightening over top of them to show the aesthetics underneath it. And they're going to competitions and winning because they're not coming in flat. Yeah, you'll never get a muscle to fire as fast as it will when it's in danger. Exactly. And this is something that I know. And again, you're talking about bodybuilders. So unfortunately, a lot of the information that bodybuilders have is archaic. You're talking oh, about. Oh, tell me about it. It's, it's just been recycled ridiculous. by coach, by coach, by coach. So a lot of people go 
they win a show, they become a coach, but there's recycled information that they've had from years and years and years ago, and then nothing has been applied. So me coming into this from a side angle, not really, I'm not a bodybuilder myself. So again, asking questions was something that I needed to do. Cause I'm like, this is a realm that I could get into, but I'm just trying to figure out what do you guys want? Hmm. And by them telling me it's created its own entity and now I do what I do. And it's been quite, you know, for me understanding the science behind the body is really applied now. And it's also like it's blowing away people because they're just not believing it. Sometimes I don't believe it because it's such a game. When you're doing it over and over again, it seems to be better. It gets better each mm-hmm. time. And again, there's other things that have been like, like for the skin tightening, I've also been able to weirdly be getting rid of cellulite and the dimples and they're flattening those out and they're staying. So again, these different things are, are happening because of clients, you know, a lot of women, especially with, you know, you said, what's the difference between men and women with this? And mm-hmm. That's where the demands come from because they're like, I really wish you could smooth out my legs. Well, and that's honestly yeah. what, what Paola first said to me. And I was like, well, let me – we need to talk to him. We need to yeah. know what this is about. Because um, how so, many women have that issue, right? Ideal. Uh, more than we can count. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> now, now, when this you is first – also something that has turned into it. Sorry. One? No, it's okay. When you first got into massage therapy, did you have a kind of uh, direction to go into – sports related treatments or was this just kind of uh did this happen no, along the way i was I, I was a competitor in giant slalom uh for skiing and i really loved the fact that there was teams for these people mm. i loved and i i kind of saw the i saw the camaraderie with those groups of people getting the athlete back in the fourth of the field mm-hmm. um and i really liked them because they seemed to be athletes themselves and they knew what they were doing so when I first started with massage therapy, I actually wanted to help people, but I didn't know what realm. I think what happened when I first came into the industry, um, as a male, it was really hard for people to book me. I was in a physio clinic, sure. and people were just not wanting to book me. And um, the physio clinic that I had had hockey players, and they had autographed pictures and stuff like that. So what I started doing was giving free treatments to athletes for autographs. Mm-hmm. So that I could put them up on my wall. So when a guy comes in, they're like, oh, you work on that guy? He's a big guy. Yeah, you can work on me then. You know, so realistically, right. it was just to get clients. But then I also, again, when I when I first started this, again, you're asking your client, what do you want to do? They're like, dude, I got to play this, you know, this game this weekend. And I need to get back on that field. So whatever my, what happened to my ankle right now, I just need you to fix it. And I'm like, okay, what can't you do? Right. And they're like, well, I can't walk on it. I can't put full and I'm like, okay, so let's see what we can do. Can you walk on it? It's getting better. Okay, perfect. That's what I need. That's all I need to know. If it can get better, then I can help you fix it. Right. It it would so, seem it would seem like if if people are your canvas, then you know uh, a bodybuilder walking in is almost like a perfect candidate for you because everything is more extreme, right? If you're working on a shoulder, the shoulder's bigger. You you can you can uh, see the separation of the front delt more easily. You know, you can see all of that stuff is larger in your hands. So I'm sure it helps you work on uh, non-bodybuilders too because it, it just it increases your um, kind of intelligence of the body, I would assume. Do you, do you, would you yes. agree with that? Um, I, well, bodybuilders are like anatomy charts. Right, so yeah, that's really- what I mean. You know, so you're kind of like you have all this stuff that you get. 
um, through that understanding of how it works with them. Um, because unfortunately, I mean, there's not a lot of natural bodybuilders. So a lot of this stuff is blown into proportions that I've never ex- experienced because of that. Yeah. Um, the different stuff that they're taking to help get them to be the number one in the world or whatever they're wanting, whatever their goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, understanding the different things um, with just even normal people, like regular athletes that are just wanting to get back on the field. It, there is that consistency. Pre- pretty much it's like, you know, understanding the the big from the small and the athlete who's just a weekend warrior, everybody has the same pain. Everybody has sure. the same issues. Again, we're going back to that 18 treatments that I used to do and the, you know, that you'd always see those 18 same issues, you know, repetitive mm-hmm. strain, you know, injuries and getting rid of inflammation that's causing pain. Inflammation causes pain. It's the body's way of telling you there's something wrong, so I have to go fix it, you know? I mean, again, these are again things are that I actually understood before going into the massage therapy, I understood what pain was. Um, I seen a lot of people go through pain um, just in school that were team athletes that were in the ski team with me mm-hmm. and other people like that. And so to have something that was really good, that was something that I always wanted to do. Again, going into the physio clinic, working with you know athletes, that's where it kind of progressed into because I, I felt that there was more, um, I, I didn't want just to make people feel good like with a massage, be like, thanks, that was great. I really was relaxing. That right. was almost like, it was like rude to say that to me. Because <laughs> I'm like, come in with a problem so I can actually fix it, you know? So, and again, so I started really pushing and I started going out to um, rugby teams and saying, hey, do you guys need a therapist? And when you're doing a lot of this stuff for free, I'm they think it's for free, but I'm learning so much from this. And it actually, I mean, it turned into what it is today. Um, just being able to understand the different body parts. I mean, rugby guys, if you look at them, their their calves are huge. Yeah. So having that idea and understanding, a lot of bodybuilders are like, I want big calves. They don't have big calves. And I'm like, play rugby, play a sport. <laughs> no? It's true. Um, do something with that extremeness because, again, that's something that helps build them. So when someone says genetically they're not gifted, I say you can have that because I know it because I've experienced it with athletes. These guys have huge calves, but they have smaller quads. So how is that? And it's just a different sport. So a lot of people, they give up on themselves because like genetically I was not gifted with good calves. I'm like, let me help you. Let me open up those fibers so we can create that. Again, fascia dictates what your shape of your muscle is looking like. That's why a calf looks like, you know, I call it a breast fillet because it kind of looks like two <laughs> breast fillet. Totally. You know, but that breast fillet can be shaped that breast fillet can be opened up on the sides. It also can be creating more pumps so that when you go work out, your pump can even get three times as better, you know, so that you actually get more strength right. and you get more bulbousness when you get that pump in the actual gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, form follows function. Correct. And you know what? And the fact that people, and that, again, what happened with me when I first started working with the low back injuries of the actual athletes, um, when they first came in for, to see me with the bodybuilders, one guy, this is how it all started. He said, thanks for fixing my back. Now, my left, my right delt doesn't get any pumps like my left one does. So I just started muscle stripping his delt and you know, opening up the fascia, which I didn't even know that this was really doing this. And then um, he came back two weeks later. He's like, dude, you did my right delt, and now it's three times as big as my <laughs> left. So now I that on this side. So I was like, oh, it did work, right? And then these guys started winning their competitions. And I was like, but nobody was telling them about me because that was their little secret because they're sure. like, yeah, this is just me. 
Mm-hmm. And, well, they don't um, want to make the other people competitive now. Right. That wouldn't be fair. Correct. Yeah, they loved winning <laughs> all their shows. So then basically I would sent out a before and after of the skin tightening and the muscle shaping, and I had this picture that I would sent out in the world. And, um, you know, it went out there or whatever, and I thought it was really good. It was on Facebook, and I put it out in some other areas and on my website and different things. And then the funny thing is, like, months later, I got it back to me from someone saying, isn't this your picture? And it was a transitional picture of someone who basically said, this is my three months shred. Because I don't Isn't have that the bad? It happens all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> you yeah, have so to, you have to watermark your stuff. Yeah. Just put your name on it all the time. This was before Instagram, and I was really understanding how that worked. Yeah. The funny thing is I emailed this person. I said, you know what? The funny thing, you're using that for a three-month shred. I said, I actually did that in an hour. Right. For that <laughs> That's even better. So then I was like, really? <laughs> so, I mean, you think about those things that people are expecting. And you know what? Nobody batted an eye when he said that was a three-month shred. So well, I knew that realistic. I was to something. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. he was like cutting down. But it was right. like, if you actually look, this, the lighting in that room is exactly the same. It hadn't changed. So, That's you know, funny. that was really good positioning. He must have put an X on the carpet when he did that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to the things like the skin tightening, how long does that do the results of that last? It lasts everything up until like it's same thing. If you have abs and you can see your abs, if you go off diet and you start to like, you know, not train and stuff like that, it will go away. Um, the the skin tightening will last up until competition. So the last time, like if I do one skin tightening, usually people want to get tighter and tighter, getting rid of the water. Again, as you're starting to, it depends on what your diet plan. A lot of people are doing different. Um, some people eat the carbs, some people, you know, stop eating water, some people waterlog, you know, they do yeah. different treatments to get themselves better. So it all affects them a little bit differently. So I go in and just fix everything. That makes sense. So again, so people, it, 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 so I usually go to competitions now and right before their final spray tan, I'm doing touch-ups. I'm opening up mm-hmm. their range of motion and pulling on their lats, getting that nice V taper. I'm opening up the pec so that the pec will be nice and bulbous so that you don't flatten out. Cause a lot of guys go on stage now and they have really flat chest and it doesn't yep. show very well. And again, secondary muscle response for that abs to pop those out and then skin tightening everything so that everything looks really good. So exactly what you went to the gym two weeks ago and you're like, yeah, I'm bringing the best package this year. And then you start dieting and you start really getting the water out of your body and you start going flat and you're like, why am I so small? Right. That's well, the muscle holds a lot of water too. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people don't misunderstand how to manipulate all of those things and it is like a very precise science and if you don't you know the timing of that isn't right you could end up looking bloated on stage or super flat correct yeah and that's where I come in I'm basically that's the this is what to define the name muscle medic aesthetics because it's muscle medic to figure out what's wrong with people and then aesthetics to be you know to show what you've actually worked in so hard for so and that depends on anything like Aesthetically, people sometimes just I, – I get hired for, like, you know, summer festivals so that people can take their shirt off. No, yeah, I was just thinking know? that. Sure. I was like, do you know how many clients email me asking, okay, I have an event coming up. I'm going on vacation. I'm about to be in a bikini. What can I do in the next week to look good? And I'm like, well, I, yeah. you know, there's there's some things, but it's not a miracle. It's not necessarily going to be a comfortable process. It's not usually something I recommend because – it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you go and enjoy yourself, it's going to go away. It's over. That was it. Yeah, you had your I, day. <laughs> I, 
And right now it's working into like actors. That's why I moved to Vancouver because there's a big acting scene out here. So I've been mm -hmm. working with actors. They tell me I have eight days before a photo shoot or I have eight days before a shirtless scene. Um, actors, like number one actors on the billboard charts I've been working with, just getting them looking that well because then they have 12 magazines just because their shirt's off. Right. You know, Which is such, a, I mean, it's such a healthier approach than someone trying to crash diet or yeah, taking absolutely. scary diuretics because, I mean, I, I'm a, I was in the world of natural uh, physique competitions as well. So I never, mm -hmm. I only manipulated food and water. I never took any diuretics. I was too scared to, honestly, uh, because you don't know what could happen. But yeah. watching people do try to take those things and see the negative effects of that is really scary. Yeah, and unfortunately, the people that are sometimes, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there, and sometimes they're giving wrong information, and it is really affecting them. Not, I mean, in the last two, in the last year, how we've lost how many athletes I that know, are like very really well known, mm -hmm. and this is why I'm doing this is because if I can help in a healthier way and use your own body to be able to create these effects so that people aren't passing away, so they're not taking insulin and doing all this other stuff, like. Those things, I, I don't, again, those things are something that people have been using now, but there's something new that we could be doing. There's something more healthy that we could be doing and getting people to the stage and getting them exactly where they want to be because now people almost look have to look disformed. You I know, know, because that's why I don't do it anymore, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a very cutthroat mm -hmm. industry. Yep. Um, it's very hard on the body, plus their mind. Um, I find that mentally a lot of my clients I have to kind of bring them back to reality sometimes and just say, listen, what are you talking about? Because what right. you're saying right now doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, sure. and I think that's where people need to kind of just be a little bit more. Let's work with my body. Let's see what we can do to make this happen. But I also want you to know that this is a progression. Maybe next year it might be there. Right. Mm. Well, and I think there's something to be said, and I've talked about this many a times on the show is that there's a big difference between killing yourself for a recreational activity that you're spending a lot of money and time on versus being a professional athlete who gets a big paycheck to put their body through yeah. what it goes through. Mm -hmm. And I think a, that line is really fuzzy for people. And it's like, what are yeah, you willing to, to sacrifice in your body, in your health, in your everyday for something that's not paying out at the end of the day? Yeah, at the very end, at the very beginning of this conversation, you had said, you know, why did you get into this? How did they do this? It's because of passion, mm -hmm. and I think that's what passion is. Passion drives the bodybuilders because they're very passionate for what they do. They put a lot of time and effort into the gym and stuff like that. And so I don't want to like push that to on the side, saying that that's not right. You know, mm -hmm. you're kind of you're going to a place that body dysmorphia lives and different things like that. But I want to be able to educate them about their bodies because every single body is different. There's going to be guys in the gym have better quads. They're going to be outside sweeps amazing, you know, and naturally that's what they're gifted with. But I want to be able to say everybody can have those. Tell me what your issue is. Let's see what we can do, you know, and those are things that we have to progress. And everybody knows, I mean, there's lots of people that take years off because they want to gain some extra muscle. They want to go into that. And again, as I'm progressing with this technique and everything like that, it's always kind of going into a new realm of ideas and understanding the body to see maybe you don't need to take so much time off. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can actually grow this faster. Right. Because, I mean, the basis of what I do is, it's in all the books, regular massage helps increase muscle tone by 10%. I just created that to be bigger. 
you know, yeah. I manipulated those statistics so I can actually make better functionality and bigger muscle and better aesthetics and understanding the fascia and the connective tissue, how the muscles all put together and being able to open that up so that you get the pump. The pump is what everybody goes into the gym for. If you didn't get a pump, nobody would, none of those bodybuilders would be going to the gym. It's true. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> addicting, I will admit. Sure. It is totally addicting. Do, do you ever coordinate? with uh, clients and their water levels or glycogen levels and all that stuff to try and uh, elicit a better response? See, the thing is, is that a lot of people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. They don't know their own glycogen levels. They don't know a lot of that stuff. So it's kind of, um, it's it's hard for me to kind of judge that because again, I don't know how they're to measure. Some people are very like in like understanding of that and some Mm -hmm. people aren't. So I actually just go with what's right in front of me. What your body looks like is what we need to work with, right? And I do know that some people, like I do a lot of before and afters and there's lots of people and I get hundreds of calls asking me, can I be a model before your before and after? And they don't eat that day. I do know that that doesn't give me (laughs) best responses. Mm. Because I'm like, well, why did you do that? (laughs) Like, I never asked you to do that. Like, I just wanted to come in. I wanted like, I want to be the best one that you had because people... I don't know. They, oh, it's, it's so sad that that's what people think that they need to do to look their best is to not eat. All right. I know. Me. And so it's like, no, I need that glycogen in your muscle in order to create this effect as well. So please eat your meals, please, before you come and see me. <laughs> please, that, ha- please have your carb backload or your carb night before seeing yeah, Peter seriously. Salon. No, there were multiple <laughs> shows that I did like very, very early on in my career where I you know, really didn't know what I was doing, um, where I would you know, just I would eat, but a small amount the day of the show because again, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. And then that night, I would always, you know, have a, a, a food party because the show was yep. over, and I'd wake up and look really good, mm-hmm. like really good. And I'm like, <laughs> I just stuffed my face with crap, but I look amazing. Oh, I should have done that yesterday. <laughs> and that's the thing; people need to monitor that and also identify that that's how their body functions and yep. understand like the timings and the hours. And this is what you need to do on your own. You can't necessarily rely on a coach, especially these coaches that people have. They're not even in your city that you know yeah. rely on a Skype conversation with the video and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's best for you to understand the knowledge, take it, and understand your body so that you can you know put that towards what your goals are. Because again, people. I think rely too much on other people outside and then they go to stage and they're like, oh, this is not what I, I, I don't look like any of these people. Right. Or you they're know, completely and, ignoring what their body's telling them. Right. Yeah. And I think that's really what I would like to be able to do is, and I mean, I, the reason why I'm doing this interview a year ago, I wouldn't have never done this interview because I didn't have that ability to understand what I did and have the, you know, confidence in it. Mm-hmm. Um, now with what I know now with that extra year, and being able to apply it to so many different people, even at the Olympia stage and different people that I've been working with and seeing how they're like coming in second and first, you know, and those are the things that I was like, okay, this is working. This is actually doing it. And because I think there's a responsibility for me as a practitioner to make sure that my client's getting the best treatment possible. So, and now what I'm looking for is a platform to educate people that this is out there, that these things happen and that this is a very new technique it's based on fascia, which is really not really researched enough. We have not a lot of no- knowledge of fascia yet, and this is something that's really helping progression. So if I can help other people figure out the understanding of fascia and how it works within the body, I think we're going to change our healthcare system. Yeah. You know, yeah. you go into a doctor's office and half the people are there because of repetitive injuries. Yep, I've had them, you for know? sure. And I think... And, and, 
Go on. I Sorry. think for I think for athletes or, or bodybuilders especially, your fascia is your main product anyway. So why wouldn't yeah. you want to put as much as you can into that product? I know, and I think once people understand it, then they, it's a push in the right direction. Um, I, you know, the inj- my clients' injuries. It's, it's very rare that I find a client that gets injured yeah. because they're able to push themselves um, in a healthy way. Again, I'm always telling people if it hurts, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not. <laughs> I didn't create that either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just a rule that I think your mama told you that when you were young. Mm-hmm. But. Um, you know, getting people to know their bodies and their limits. And yeah. I think that's where it comes down to, you know, very specific to each individual client, then that's what they know because I know what treatment I'm giving them and for them to go into the gym and get under the weight and push through it, that's what I want. As soon as that left shoulder comes off that bench a little bit, you're now putting yourself in danger. Yeah. Just providing them more information. Well, this yep. has been super fascinating, and I have probably a million more questions for you, and I and I want to see you mm-hmm. somehow. I don't know how we would make that happen, but you know, we'll figure something out. Um, exactly. Tell us, tell the audience where they can find you, uh, whether it's just you know checking out your stuff online, where you're located, your social media stuff, so people can follow you if they want. Well, if they want to contact uh, my manager, <laughs> he he's at um, info at uh, and I have Instagram accounts as well at Muscle Medic Aesthetics and also at thesowenmethod.com. Um, and then people can also just go to my website, which is petersowen.com, for some information. Um, the Instagram is the best place to see the before and after pictures and to see the videos of things that I've been doing and stuff like that. If people want to just see what I'm, you know, what this is all about, because I know we're on radio right now, so they can't really see a lot. Yeah. But a lot of those pictures will be on there so they can actually see them and, um, you know, remark, comment or whatever. I'm open for pretty much everything now. So I know there's going to probably a lot of Photoshop questions and stuff like that. Sure. Like, you know, I always tell them, you know what, let me tag the person in it. You can call them and ask there them if go. this is real. Right. So. There you go. And we'll be sure to put all of your links in the show notes so people can just go and click on them straight from listening to the episode. Well, thank Perfect. you so much. That was. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Very intrigued. Very cool. Keep doing what you're doing. So let's spread this information around if we can. Great. Yes, those will be amazing. Great. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Her Body, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your host, Alex Navarro. And if you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.